Hello, all you lovely people in internet land, and welcome to episode 46 of Game Life Balance Australia. Sort of went through a weird transition there in my voice during that, that little intro. I am your charming, beloved, godlike host, Robert Bailey, and I'm joined as always by renowned air pirate, Andrew A.C. Yoshimura. It's so hard being an air pirate these days. Yeah. You know how many blimps I had to steal? <laughs> There's not a lot of blimps out there now <laughs> anymore. It's... And helium. Yeah. Helium's expensive. Yeah, yeah. I tried it with hydrogen. That didn't go well. <laughs> See, as, a, as an air pirate, part yeah. of the look is smoking cigars. <laughs> yes. Now, guess what doesn't mix with cigars? Yeah. Hydrogen. Apparently. Apparently. And you need like three parrots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just for the cigar. <laughs> it's a lot of a lot of parrot demand. It's high high demand for parrots in the in the in the air pirate well, business. Each, and each parrot mm. gets their own cigar. I go through a lot of parrots and a lot of cigars. It's just, I'm sure the RSPCA would approve <laughs> if they were listening, which we, we've already established. Oh, they don't. oh, I've already plundered the air <laughs> RSPCA, the ARSPCA, Ariskabaga <laughs> with the RSPCA. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, I'm tired, and that was that was the best I could come up with. Oh well, you know, it's just you and your godlikeness. Yeah. Like because I can't say anything until you introduce me. It's like this one of these fake rules that we've inflicted upon ourselves. Yeah, I could say almost anything, and that rule actually comes from somewhere. It's mm. a reference. Yeah, that right. maybe you don't even you yourself might not even know. Right, right. But until I say until I introduce you, you don't exist. I cannot say anything, and it yeah. actually comes from Martin Malloy. Right. Okay. The Martin Malloy days. Mm. Um, Ma- Tony Martin would say something very similar to you, and yeah. here's this man. This man who's wandered in 53 different states, mm-hmm. and there are only 50 states in the USA, you know, Mick Malloy mm-hmm. or something, and then that's when he'd talk and right, have a, a, right. pif- a piffy comeback like I do. Right. Like, I didn't realize that I was like stealing this format whole No, from- no. I mean, a lot of people do it, but um, mm. like the fact that I choose not to talk and never allow myself to talk until it's time for me to talk. <laughs> Can I tell you, I, I got the idea for. Um, giving you a sort of a trumped up phony um, resume yeah, uh, based on like some Spike Milligan books where oh, like nice. in the intro sort of, you know, that when you open the first page of a book, it has like a little description, like a biography of the, of the author. Yeah. And he started doing this thing where he would just make up stuff about like how great he is. Like, yeah, like I think I, in fact, I think uh, black, black belt judo champion and uh, like, <laughs> like, you know, cigar smoker of the year. I think that's all that's, Kind of the sort of stuff that, that Spike Milligan would put at the front of his books. So. I, have, I have a question. Like, yeah. We all lie on our resumes and everything. And this mm. this isn't a lie for you. Mm-hmm. But you used to do a bit of modelling. Yeah, I, do, I did. Do, do yes. you put that on your resume? <laughs> do you mention, oh, yes, and I was a model? Um, I don't anymore. Uh, but I think when I was applying for my first public service job... Yeah. The modeling experience was almost better than my other experience. Like it was, it was complimentary. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Because everything else was like, I worked in retail. I worked at Woolworths for five years. It's like, you got to like add something to jazz up the, the resume. And, yeah, yeah, and it's true. modeling definitely like, it sets you, it, it sort of highlights the resume a little bit. You it know? doesn't make you, it doesn't make you any better. But no. it does make people remember you. You go, oh, that yeah. guy was a model? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I guess he kind of, they're like, I don't see it. <laughs> A lot of people say they're like, "Yeah, really? I don't. Mm, 
I don't think so. I yeah no. I have. <laughs> Did you ever keep any of your modelling material? I do have my portfolio. Somewhere. Oh wow. Yeah yeah. Wow that we that should actually be like mm. the um, the cover photo this time. I might try and dig it. I have to take. I probably have to do something. I like take a photo of the photo and then like somehow get it off my phone. Well, what we should do is mm. like get some like some big bulky underpants model and just like. <laughs> Like really badly Photoshop your face <laughs> on top of that, but uh, re- a really dodgy job. Yeah, yeah. Because I've never seen these photos, but no. but Rob used to be very with it and very stylish. And I think I was a pretty a pretty man, a pretty boy, <laughs> if you like. Uh, man is probably too going too far. Yes. Um. But uh, yeah, I I had that that look that was sort of like thin and like slightly androgynous, and, and you know, like not at all, not at all, sort of the beefcake. Kind of look, which is a shame because it seemed it seemed like that was what that was what was in demand in Australia at the time. Probably was, still is. Was like you know you gotta have the six pack, you gotta have the you know the broad shoulders, the big man boobs, you know the whole <laughs> kitten kabang, you know. I've uh, um, got the man boobs. All right, well hey, uh, you know take take off your shirt, baby, because <laughs> I've got some photos that need taken <laughs> for pers- personal use. Personal use only. Oh, that revengeporn dot makes- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just. Have that on the yeah, you, but in this case you'd be revenging the revenge porn. Like you, you put it up there. Like oh god, this is too much even for us. It's the revenge, it's, it's the revenge of the revenge porn. <laughs> okay, that's it. All revenge porn is over. We've seen, we've seen Andrew AC Yoshimura naked. That's how that's how it finally ends. We that's, don't need it. That's how society moves on. From Shut this. up shop. Yep. Okay. Cool. We've solved that problem. Uh, so seamless segue. Yes. <laughs> so do you like killing Nazis? <laughs> Nazis are hot these days, AC. I mean, not hot. What's the other word? Um, <laughs> After um, we talk about the modelling yeah, and your yeah. modelling and you with being your, um, shall we say, Aryan features. <laughs> yes, I am. I am kind of like the... Huck uh, de Lieben. Yeah, you might call me an Ubermensch. Um, <laughs> some might say. Uh, but look, like in all honesty, yeah, of course, there's a lot of like press around white supremacy right now, um, especially in the United States with uh, people who previously might have been I guess, you know, keeping their beliefs to themselves now, like, you know, proudly marching on the streets and things like that, which is a bizarre, a bizarre thing. Um, And this is all happening at the same time that a video game came out recently, all about shooting Nazis. Uh, Wolfenstein, was it? It's it's the uh, sequel to The New Order. What's it called, AC? Wolfenstein, the Spear of the Revenge of the Return or something or other. (laughs) This is so embarrassing that we chose... Destiny's Child, it is, is called. Sure, yeah, okay. Yeah, so <laughs> Wolverine Destiny's Child came out. Um, I almost called it Wolverine Destiny's Child. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably a better name for it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, anyway, that game um, came out. And so we thought that it might be fun to uh, talk a bit about Wolfenstein. Uh, and in particular, let's take it back. Yeah, but not all the way back. No, but a fair bit of the way a back. A fair bit of the way back. Uh, to talk about a little game we like to call... Wolfenstein 3D. Which is funny because that's the actual name of the game as well. Mm-hmm. I just what I had to point that out. What is the name? Oh, yes. No, it is both the name we call it. And coincidentally, it is actually the name of the game as well. So That's that's what I was pointing right. out. Right. Okay. Yeah. I was yeah. like, what? You, <laughs> I, you completely confused me. So Wolfenstein 3D, mm-hmm. not the first Wolfenstein game, but we'll get to that a little bit later on, right. was kind of... The, the proto-first-person shooter, yeah. in a lot of ways, came out in 1992, very popular on Shareware. That's right. It was a very big Shareware success story, actually, mm. yeah. Um, Shareware was a bit iffy. People weren't sure whether it would actually be a profitable way to, mar- to sort of market your game. Yeah. It turns out they made more money off the Shareware version than they did from the, um, the retail version. So, But I thought the Shareware go. version was free. 
Oh, but I mean, the people, they, they got sales from people getting the shareware version and then going, oh, yeah, I'll, oh, okay. I'll upgrade oh, to the yeah. full version. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I see. So that was a, a, a winner for them and convinced them that that model was All right, was, so you, was you've been one. enjoying this game uh, ever since you suggested it to me. Yeah. So we both have a lot of experience yeah. uh, in this game, you more recently than me. So what's the history behind Wolfenstein 3D? Yeah, I think the history is part of a big reason why I wanted to talk about this game. Mm-hmm. Given that the new one's out, everyone seems to be really enjoying it for the most part. Um, but I thought let's educate people about where this where this stuff came from. Okay? Sure. So, id software. Uh, id stands for ideas from the deep. I didn't know that until recently. Uh, the creators of Commander Keen, um, which we discussed, I think, in a previous episode. Yeah, that is, uh, uh, you know, we're both also familiar with that franchise. Yeah. Yep. So these guys, they, they made they made a bit of a success with this, this kiddie platformer, Commander Keen. Um, around that time, now the, the, the team of I should run through the original team at id Software because yep. it's a very sh- very small team. Um, There's only five people: John Carmack, no him, programmer. Yep. John Romero, another programmer. Yep. Uh, they had, bitch. They had a designer uh, named Tom Hall, an mm-hmm. artist Adrian Carmack. Yep. Um, and the the manager Jay Wilbur. That's those five guys. Wow. Um, made um, a whole lot of really really important. Uh, PC games around the early Yeah, they really so. advanced PC gaming mm. in a lot of genres. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, uh, the engine that the that Wolfenstein um, is built on was developed by John Carmack. Um, he was experimenting with 3D gameplay around this time. He kind of decided that 2D was old and 3D was where it was where the, everything was going. Yeah, yeah. So he was kind of ahead of his time in that way. Um, and he was messing around with with um, first person 3D graphics. Um, and he took an unusual approach of using this technique called ray casting, which is basically instead of rendering the entire 3D space, um, using ray casting, you're only rendering what the player can see. So like a 90 degree kind of like a, like a, what do you call it? It's a cone of like vision. a cone of vision. Thank mm. you. Yeah. So there's no need to render everything that's behind the player. And that is also how Doom worked as yeah. well for the most part. Yeah, definitely. And that, that using that technique, it allowed um, Carmack to basically make the game much more accessible to people who didn't have high-end PCs. Mm. Um, most PCs around that time um, that were reasonably um, modern could could play this game. So I think uh, um, yeah, if you had a three eight six, you could definitely yeah. get on board. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely so. So it made it more accessible because there were other games out at that time who were d- you know trying to do this first-person three D thing mm. um, with varying degrees of success. But Wolfenstein was the first one that many people remember like nailing it. Um, the engine, though, was first used in a game called Hover Tank that they released um, in 1991. Um, at that time, though, it didn't have texture mapped. Um, w- uh, was it wireframe? It wasn't wireframe, but it was like block. It was like you know blocks of color. On, oh, okay. So the walls and the floor and everything weren't um, detailed texture maps. They were just like single color, so it looked pretty basic. Um, but it was the same basic engine in the sense that it had a 3D world with 2D sprites for the enemies. Now that game didn't do particularly well. Um, it was, you know, it was well-received enough, but it was more like a tech demo, if you like. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, around this time, working on Hover Tank, Carmack, John Carmack, hears about a game in development called Ultima Underworld Stygian Abyss, uh-huh. which uh, was going to be a 3D first-person role-playing game, kind of like an early Skyrim, oh, yeah. you know, that, yeah. that kind of a thing. Um, and what really caught Carmack's attention was that it was using texture maps on the 3D surfaces, um, he thought, right, well, that sounds like a good idea, so I'll implement that for my own um, engine. Yeah. But because, um, from what I understand, 
Ultimate Underworld wasn't using ray casting, so it was like you know pretty resource intensive. And also, I think they were have they used um, irregular shapes for the walls, whereas Carmack's engine was just straight up blocky. It was just like you know ninety degree angles. Ninety degree angles. Yeah. It was basically on a grid pattern. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, so adding the uh, the texture maps really changed the way the engine looked. The first game they made with this updated engine was a game called Catacomb 3D, which was a like an action RPG, a first-person action RPG. Yeah. And that is what people generally consider the first modern first-person shooter. And it was made by id Software. Yeah, it was made by id. Yep. And it's basically the same exact engine as as Wolfenstein. And have you played this game? I haven't played it. No. no I've I heard I've heard of it and I've seen some screenshots and it you can tell it's the same basic is engine. Is it one of those ones that has kind of like a qu- <laughs> only a quarter of the screen dedicated to the gameplay? Because <sighs> a say lot for of sure. RPGs back then kind of yeah. did that with that three D space. Yeah, and a lot of the space a lot of the space on the screen, the real estate is talking that with like buttons and Yeah, and, then and the, like, the RPG the elements, yeah, yeah. The menus and stuff. Yeah, I can't say for sure, unfortunately, but it probably does. I mean, given that Wolfenstein also had like a large part of the screen taken up with um, with the HUD, and you can actually sort of like reduce or increase the amount of space that's given to the yeah um, the gameplay. I think probably because it has a bit of an impact on performance. Uh, anyway, so Catacomb comes out. They're like, cool, that game was all right. Uh, what are we going to do next? So for the next game, this is where John Romero really steps up um, because in a lot of ways, John Romero is the is the genius behind the. The id software like brand that mm. that style of game that they that they popularized. Um, he suggested or he pitched to the team, why don't we make a remake of Castle Wolfenstein, this old game that he used to play on the Apple II in 80, mm. that came out in eighty one. That was kind of like an early stealth game. Castle Wolfenstein, um, from what I've read, it sounds like a very early kind of like a Metal Gear Solid kind of game. Look, um, I have played it. Um, yeah. I think I've made of mine had it back in uh, back in the Taylor Primary School days, actually, where we went to school. Yeah. But basically, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it's not top down, but you kind of see stick figure esque type men. Yeah. And you've got like the outline of what the rooms are. Yeah. And so you kind of walk around corners and and get people, kill people. Yeah. That kind of way. So there was a. It was very kind of stealthy. It had some original gameplay elements that made it stand out a little bit more. Yeah. But I remember not having much fun with it mm. because it wasn't action-y enough. Yeah. I kept dying because I just kept running into people. Yeah, kind of painstaking game. A little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So apparently John Romero really liked that game and the others remembered it, you know, fondly as well. Mm. So we convinced them, why don't we just try making a game like that? They initially assumed that the Wolfenstein franchise wouldn't be available, that that would be trademarked and like locked up um, in some kind of like you know lawyer's briefcase, yeah. But turns out it was available because I think the developers of Wolfenstein kind of went defunct and that trademark kind of lapsed. Yeah. So yeah. they were able to just just use it. Um, I hope they accredited or they got something out of it. In yeah. The end. You kind of hope that the you know. Yeah, I'm not sure the exact detail, but I'm sure that I hope that they didn't just straight up steal it. You yeah. Know? But essentially, they they were given you know free reign to do what they like with that with that IP. So what they did was basically recreate that game. Or not recreate it blow for blow, but you know the idea of that game is that you're a POW, you got to escape from a German a castle full of evil Nazis. Um, yeah, and you start the game in, in Wolfenstein 3D with a dead guard in front of you, 
you've you're evidently sort of overpowered them and you've grabbed their pistol. Yeah. And now it's like, right, time to escape. So it is very much that same, like, the starting scenario is is, is the same, really. So you do start with a gun. Uh, yeah. Your zero or your one weapon is a knife mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, in case you do run out of all your ammo, which yeah. does happen and can happen. Yep, yep. And apart from the pistol and the knife, there's two other guns, aren't yep. there? There's like a submachine gun. Yeah. And there is a Gatling gun. A Gatling gun, yeah. I mean, this goes to what Romero was mm. going for because he said... um. He re- apparently he insisted that the game had to be very fast. Yep. That the guns had to be very loud. Yep. He wanted it to be cool. This is all quotes. Yeah, yeah. It had to be cool and had to, and uh, it had to have realistic blood like you never see in games. Was yeah. his quote? Like he wanted to be very shocking and visceral, and that um, really set it apart. And that really is the ID brand, especially when it comes to Absolutely. Doom. You can afterwards. see Doom is just is doubling down on that yeah, aesthetic, yeah. just going, let's make something rad. You know, like rad according to 1992 mentality. Yeah. You know, like it's, that's very 1992. Heavy metal, yeah. shotguns, demons, you know. In this game, there's no sort of like demonic element to it. But there is a lot of like dark sort of Nazi imagery and stuff in this game. Um, and as far as the regular enemies go, there's not a whole lot of variety. You've, no. you've got the... You've just got, uh, you know, normal Nazis, privates, I suppose. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then you've got uh, officers yeah. in blue. And then you've got dogs. That's right. Yeah. And there's also sort of like boss boss characters. Yeah. Um, but basically, there's not a lot of enemy variety. Not a lot of gun variety. And and the maps are, you know, they're based on a grid. Um, there's only so much you can do with that. And they, they you know, got very creative. Um, and the levels are, you know, they're all different. But uh, it, oh, I tell you what, it does get... This is moving on towards the review part of things, but it does get very um, repetitive by today's standards. It does, but I remember uh, playing it at the time. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I got the shareware version and I thought that was the whole game because, you know, it was all 10 episodes and as like an, uh, an impressionable 11-year-old mm-hmm. uh, back in 1992, I thought like the game was already long enough. Yeah. You know, like I thought that was as far <clears throat> as it got. Yeah. Like, I just thought that was brilliant. And I, you know, had to cheat my way to the end even back then because yeah. I treated it like a run and gun, which mm-hmm. it was in a lot of ways, but I, there was no strategy behind it. Yeah. I would just keep going and going and going until someone shot me. Yeah, yeah. It is It is a game that you can play well, but it takes work. And on the higher difficulty settings, you kind of have to play it in a very careful way. Yeah, you actually have uh, to kind of duck behind corners and yeah. shoot people. and Because the, those uh, officers... Mm. They'll mow you down. Yeah, definitely. Because they have submachine guns. And the way the damage system works is interesting. It's a bit different. I mean, you've got to remember, this is like... like you could you could argue it's like the first pop... It's the first popular first-person shooter. Yeah, yeah. Modern, the modern style. Yeah. Um, so they hadn't worked out a lot of things. So the damage system is like the closer you are, the more damage you take. So if you walk around a corner and there's a Nazi right in front of you, even like a low-level enemy, if he shoots you, you'll lose like half your health or yeah. even, even more than that. Because it's kind of like, I imagine it's like them saying, well, he's point blank range, so he's not going to miss. And he's going to shoot you. In yeah, the head yeah. Or something it's kind of like, like almost like a probability kind of thing. But yeah, it is. I mean, like that kind of damage detection is frustrating, but also kind of clever uh, yeah. because, you know, you have it's still a percentage of health, mm, mm. Um, but it goes down so quickly. And when you yeah. die, I love it. It dissolves yeah. into red. And that's kind of like this thing that I remember. It's mm. very visceral. Oh, my God, I'm dying. And then you got... You know, B.J. Blasterwitz or whatever his name yeah, B- is. Down the- yep, his name is William Joseph B.J. It's like Bill, <laughs> Bill Joseph, I yep. guess. Uh, Blaskowicz, yeah. Um, a second-generation Polish-American. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. from Poland. His family emigrated, apparently, from yep. Poland. Um, which, obviously, given what Germany did to Poland, gives him a pretty strong incentive to um, mow Shoot down the Nazis. Nazis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, um, let's talk about uh, our experience playing it 
as a kid. You've already kind of covered that off a bit. I kind of have. Uh, I just, I loved it. Mm. I, I remember cheating a lot and getting to the end. Mm. And I remember, like, I think the first guy who has two Gatling guns for arms. <laughs> yes. And I think you, when you, <laughs> I wasn't expecting to see him. And mm. he just, when you open the door to him, he goes, Guten Tag, or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Something to that effect. <laughs> yeah. And it blew me away at the time. I was like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that. Even with cheats, like I was like hot running and hiding. And I mm-hmm. think years later, I went back and actually killed it and defeated that boss. Yeah, yeah. On, you know, without cheating. Mm. And I felt so, I felt like the big man, Rob. <laughs> and I, you know, I did eventually get the whole six episodes. And there are six episodes to this, which yeah. is it's just pretty beefy. Definitely. But it does get repetitive. Mm. And when Doom came out, it you just forgot about Wolfenstein altogether. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the big thing, the big difference with Doom, um, apart from the setting, is that it has um, uh, like a vertical element to mm, it. So yeah. uh, Wolfenstein is all on a flat plane um, and it's all uh, pretty much just blocks. It's like it's it's square. Yeah. You know, the game is very square. Uh, Doom has like ramps up and down. There's like poly- polygonal kind of like hexagonal mm. rooms and circular rooms and just all sorts of different um, uh, types of geometry that... That, I mean, it's all a very clever trick that John Carmack did with the engine that's yeah. not worth going into right now. But um, it's just such a, uh, a more immersive experience and such a, a more interesting environment to explore that Wolfenstein very got very dated very quickly. But I still remember playing it like after Doom came out. Like mm. I think I was still occasionally playing this game in like 95, 96. Oh, yeah. um, because it was on one of my friend's PCs. And um, it's just a good, fun fairly mindless game to play you know um and that mindlessness although you could criticize it is kind of the genius of it they took what was originally like a fairly like like painstaking um patient stealth game and turned it into like a blood and guts free-for-all shoot 'em up yeah um very hollywood very like over the top kind of like almost like a, like a uh like a pulp fiction kind of you know Low on the low on the budget, but high on the blood. You know, it's kind of like a yeah. dime novel or something. It's like totally. very, very kind of pulpy. But yeah, definitely. Mm. What, what I will say is, I haven't played it for years, and I played it today. Mm-hmm. And you know, I got the measure of the game, remembered how it works, and saw all the weapons very quickly. Mm-hmm. But what I did remember is where the secrets in the first level were. Because yeah, yeah. what I did was, I found the secret within a secret. When you get to the towards the end of the first level, mm-hmm. you find one door. Mm. And and then when I was a kid, um, someone was saying, oh, there's a secret within a secret. Like, it was mm. school ground talk. You know, in America, <laughs> everyone used to talk about, oh, you know, how to, f- how to defeat, uh, you know, dungeons in uh, Legend of Zelda. Right. Yeah, but yeah. for us, it was kind of, it was more PC games a yeah. lot of the time. So it was like Wolfenstein was like, oh, my God, there's a secret in a secret. And mm. I thought that was ridiculous. You couldn't have a secret within a secret. Yeah, yeah. Because that, to, to my like 11 year old brain that broke the rules of a secret yeah yeah having another secret within it that's just that's just too yeah. hard like how is anyone going to figure that out but mm. I found it yeah. and then you walked straight to floor 10 nice <laughs> and I did that today I remembered where all the secrets were and like you you run along a wall and you keep pressing space but it goes yeah. and kind of opens up a secret it's very satisfying when you find those yeah, yeah. and mm. I, I, I died three times very quickly on the last one because <laughs> I was not playing smart I was just playing to see what was there yeah I mean the, the difficulty setting the default is fairly difficult yeah um, and I found that just playing through the first chapter of the game you know the first ten levels very it got to a point where I was saving a lot 
Mm. You know, I won't say save scumming, but like certainly was like, okay, that was really hard. I'm going to save because I don't want to have to do that again. Exactly. Um, It's not, you know, I mean, with the way the game is set out, mm. uh, it's not necessarily meant to be an easy game. No. PC games very rarely were. Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, you know, part of the value proposition was like, look how many levels there are and look how, you know, ass bastardly hard they are. Um, definitely a big part of, of what made the, what makes games worth buying in 92 is like how long how much how many like months of my life am I going to spend playing this so. because there was also the value proposition of piracy as well yes and yeah. piracy was a big thing on PC I don't think we ever fully actually bought games and <laughs> yeah. that was such a normal practice in in Australia to mm. be honest it was terrible yeah. But I gotta say, I didn't know you could buy PC games. I didn't even know where to buy them, even if you could, as an eleven-year-old. <laughs> it was basically just hit up your friends, isn't it? Like, yeah. here's, here's some three point five inch discs. Go and like copy yeah, me. Go nuts. Yeah, which yeah. is a terrible thing. But like my parents and, and all of my <laughs> yeah, the three and a quarter inch. Yeah, oh, I'm probably messing like it up. But yeah. anyway. Mm. But, like, my, my parents were okay with it. My friend's parents <clears throat> were okay with it. They had no problem with copying these games. And I didn't yeah. realize it was wrong until later on in life. And I went, geez, that's terrible. Yeah, it's our convict past, AC. Yeah, it's, it's the same reason why is. we're, like, the, the, the world leader for, like, you know, downloading torrents for Game of Thrones or whatever. Yeah, it, it is really bad. I don't, really, I don't <laughs> do that anymore. Like, I will yeah. always pay for things. But it's funny. I, I've definitely I've been there doing that for a while. And people still look at me like I'm crazy. Like, yeah. why aren't you stealing it? It's right there for the taking kind of thing. Um. It is funny this 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 uh, this culture, but um, look for my money. We've been talking about it for a while. Yeah, I was quickly discuss my sure. childhood experience of it. Are you all right? You look a bit pained. Yeah. Uh, so basically, was blown away by how violent it was, by the the Nazi imagery, just how adult the game was. Really hit me hard, and I think um, it's still it's still something that sets the game apart. Like for example, apparently they got some criticism early on when they were still developing the game about the Nazi imagery and stuff. And they were like, can you tone this down a bit? It's a bit too violent. The blood looks a bit too real. Can you maybe like just get rid of the blood and maybe take away some of the swastikas and stuff? Yeah. And what, what John Carmack did was actually double down Of on course it. he did. So he added even more like blood and more Nazi imagery and more like, and like dead bodies yeah. and like cages with skeletons in them and stuff like that that weren't actually Originally. In, in the first sort of like run of the game. So they, they kind of knew they were doing this punk rock thing. They knew it would offend people. But they knew that in offending people, people would talk about the game and that kids would love that because yeah. it's, oh, your parents don't want you to play it. Well, that makes me want to play it a thousand times more. Oh, definitely. And it's just, you can see the same thing with Rockstar Games with GTA. I mean, they're doing the same thing. It's that, like, let's make it bloody. Let's make it offensive. Because even if your parents wag their finger, the kids will want to play that game even more. And, uh, and the problem with doing that is yeah. that id Software got out id software Mm-hmm. you know very very quickly because like when they people saw that you could get away with this there were like body parts you know pieces of eyes and like yeah. legs like <laughs> there were games that were just trying to be as offensive as possible yeah definitely and, and they still just, are <laughs> yeah exactly and they kind of started that and they mm. couldn't keep up yeah with the the sheer amount of people who were trying to be mid-90s punk rockers yeah. games basically I think it's a shame because what made it cool was it, see that that um that layer of like offensive material was like a veneer. It was like an afterthought. They made a rad game with a really cool engine mm. that played really well and blew people away. And then they were like, let's let's make it even better by adding this like hardcore aesthetic that that really makes it leap out. You mm. know, and I think the fact that it's technologically impressive would not have got it as far as it did if it wasn't for like the violence and the action and that the visceral nature of it. Mm. So it's the combination of like excellent game design excellent programming and this like 
very adult aesthetic. Yeah. Um, it really makes id software games what they are, you know. Yeah. So in in the year of our Lord 2017, would you recommend people play this game? Yeah, I mean, it's a tough one, right? I think I've, I've thought about it because I played a lot of it today and, and mm. throughout the week as I was preparing for the podcast. Um, I think I think if you're a first-person shooter fan, you owe it to yourself to check it out. But don't bother trying to like beat the game. Just give it a go. You know, and it's five bucks on Steam, so you may as well pick it up. Um, have a little play around with it and learn a little bit about, you know, where Call of Duty and all that sort of stuff came from. Where it all started, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what about you, AC? Look, I don't think you necessarily have to play it. Mm. I think um, if it was a choice of going back to early first person shooters, I'd say play Doom. Yeah. That is just a must. Yeah. Uh, you can look at It's good to know about Wolfenstein 3D, though. I mm. think it's important to see kind of where it all, you know, kind of stems from, where it all began, you know, what it was doing. And it's all kind of important to the way, you know, to our, you know, PC gaming past. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, but as a game itself, you get the measure of it very, very quickly. So if you do have to play it, maybe play the third one, mm-hmm. uh, the third episode, which is Die Fuhrer Die, I think. Mm-hmm. Where you, I think you fight Mecha Hitler at the end <laughs> or something. Spoilers, there is a robot Hitler yeah. in this game. Uh, and that one, I, I, I remember being a little bit more interesting than the other ones. Because mm. I think it looked kind of like it was meant to have three, not six chapters. Right, And then yeah. they kind of, like, fleshed it out a little bit more. Or Yeah. I think what they found was that, like, it was very easy and it didn't take them much effort to make a level yeah. in this game. Like, it was pretty quick. You just yeah. like, it's just, like, a grid-based thing. Yeah, yeah. So they could spit out a lot of levels pretty quickly. Mm. And so you could argue that it's a bit fat. Like, it, you could really trim this game down a bit. You could. Um, but all right cool so um a partial recommendation from me and, and an even more partial recommendation no, from AC. Partial, yeah. but um a game we both feel very you know yeah, yeah. dearly about so we were we were there right place right time 11 mm-hmm. years old yeah, man. that's exactly the target audience for uh, killing nazis <laughs> that's right all right well with that let's move on to uh game life balancing Alrighty, AC, we are back. Uh, what have you been doing in your life, in or gaming? Let's go. Let's start with life. Why not? Life. Yeah. Uh, well, you may have noticed that I'm a, a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. That's because AC no drinky. Oh dear. This time, uh, I'm taking another couple of weeks off to booze and mm-hmm. you know trying to eat better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying, not successful so far today. <laughs> uh, but December's going to be a big one. Yeah. I already know that December is going to be full of, um, you know, hard liquor uh, and parties and all that kind of stuff. Because mm-hmm. December always is. I'm going to be in Japan. Uh, liquor is really cheap and really good over there. <laughs> so it's like, you know, like Japanese whiskey over here is like a hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. Over there, it's like 20 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, and what I can't, I can only bring so much home, Rob. I yeah. can only bring so much home. So I've got to like drink my fill over there, and boy do I ever! It's tempting, like, to get you to bring me something because I just got gifted a um a crystal decanter. Oh, and I'm nice. like, man, I want to put some nice whiskey in there, but I like I can't afford. No, <laughs> like good whiskey in Australia is like seventy bucks. So expensive. Yeah. Uh, so that is my my ultimate goal. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, is to bring some back and have lots over there and et cetera, et cetera. Despite the fact that, you know, I have a, a an 18 month old to look after. <laughs> so not one for you, one for me. Yeah. Not the best idea, <laughs> but you know, I'm trying, you know, I'm getting to that stage in my life where I need, I know I need to look after myself better mm. and I don't do that very well, yeah. but I'm trying. Okay. Well, trying is better than not trying. Right? I guess. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I, um, 
I just, you know, I, my thought was, I'm going to, you know, two full weeks. And then I remembered what's on next weekend. And I went, mostly two full weeks. <laughs> because <laughs> next weekend I've got a whole bunch of stuff where I've got social obligations. And Australians are very pithy sometimes about alcohol. I mean, I could easily refuse and all that kind of stuff. But mm. it's getting towards that Christmassy end of, you know, people... Yeah. Uh, you know, wanting to celebrate with you and stuff. And I just, uh, yeah, I do want to celebrate. It's true, I do. It's been a pretty tough year yeah. for all of us. For you, for me. Yeah. For the entire human race. It's been pretty crappy. I mean, yeah. we thought 2016 was bad. But uh, that was just celebrity deaths. I mean, this is much worse. Oh, much, much worse. Yeah, for me personally. <laughs> you know, like, for example, this year, celebrities didn't die. Not yeah. enough of them carved yeah. it. Come we on. really need a lot of these celebrities to die. I'm just Come on, Johnny Depp. The clock's ticking here. <laughs> Kevin Spacey? Dude, I think it's time to go. Yeah. Oh, man, that guy. Yeah, look, the, the, what's happening with celebrities in 2017 is arguably much, much worse. Oh, much worse, yeah. Um, but yeah, let's say that's a bigger topic than we have. Uh, we're not probably the right people to no, talk about it either. <laughs> so, Maria and May are heading off to Japan on... Uh, when this uh, podcast comes out on Tuesday, assuming that you actually edit and get it up on Tuesday, I, you bastard. I have no problems with getting it up. <laughs> Rob... <gasps> There are so many things I could say right now, and I won't. Uh, penises. Um, no, I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can do, AC. Okay, that's but uh, from when this podcast comes out, uh, Maria and May are going back to Japan on that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, funnily enough, they are going back to Japan with my brother and my dad. All right, that's, that's it's a, a weird little it uh, is road a, trip. There. Yeah, it is, if you, especially if you know my brother and my dad. So they're like the, it's like the odd couple, except... Do, 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 do. You've got two like serious boring look, ones. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, AC's can, dad. And- can you look after May for a minute? Mm. Oh, sorry, I'm drunk and setting fire to shit over here. <laughs> do, 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 do. No, it's okay. Be weird. So they're yeah. going to Japan not to help Maria look after, uh, you know, look after May because but, God forbid. Yeah, they are going over there to, as I said, get pissed and possibly set fire to shit. No, they're going to a hot rod show. Okay, all right. And they're also going over there to do the Mario Kart thing. Okay. They're going to, like, check out some owl bars or, like, you know... Oh, God, I don't know. Probably... (laughs) Go to a place where they, you know, you tip girls to, I don't know, do a thing. (laughs) Do a... In Japan, that could be almost anything. (laughs) Just That's so vague. That could apply to anywhere in the world. I don't think they'll do that. There's probably a bar in Antarctica where you tip girls to do a thing. Antarctica. You know Antarctica. Yeah, you know, I'm obsessed with Antarctica, especially the lady, the lovely ladies of Antarctica. Oh, maybe. They're all penguins, Rob. All research scientists or both. You're ruining the fantasy, AJ. So, uh, so they're going over together and then in about two weeks afterwards, I'm going over there. So I've got two weeks without them again, but uh, Ilchan, what we like to call the fifth beetle Mm -hmm. of uh, Game Life Balance... Uh, well, just Game Life Balance as a whole, because, you know, yeah. there's you, there's me, mm-hmm. there's Stabo, there's Cody. Yeah. And they're the original, you know, they're the Beatles. Yeah. You're Ringo. Damn it. <laughs> I want to be John Lennon. Of course yeah. I'm not going to be John Lennon. Of course I'm not going to be John Lennon. I'm the guy that wrote songs about friggin' octopuses. And just like <laughs> Ringo, what is your obsession with the sea? <laughs> For God's sake, man. Oh, how about write a song about submarines? and. Uh, <laughs> That's a good song. I like that song. It's, but it's such a Ringo song. It's just like, oh man, Ringo. I reckon. I reckon Stabo is definitely the um, the Harrison. Yeah. 
yeah. of our little quartet. Yeah, he's yeah. De- he's definitely the one who he's he's talented, but tends to like take drugs in the shadows. Yeah. Well, you you have an Asian wife. So you're clearly John Lennon. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, that's <laughs> kind of right. where I was going. Okay. Yeah. And that makes Cody good old lovable. What's his face? <laughs> Paul McCartney, you dick. I was deliberate. How can you that forget was the names of the Beatles? That was deliberate. That was deliberate. Yeah, no, no. no. He, he, he's the one who's still, who still gets out there and mucks in a lot. I'm the one who's like, most likely going to be shot by some dere- deranged fan. Yes, yes, deranged fan. <laughs> Probably you. Tenting my fingers. <laughs> you know, wouldn't it be ironic if I got shot by Ringo Starr? <laughs> that will be, be a turn of events, let me tell you. <laughs> What will would have to happen for that to occur? I wonder. Yeah, exactly. Like how how much do I have to prompt Ringo Starr to shoot me? If this is a Family Guy episode, this is the be the moment where I would go like, <laughs> and it would like show like you dressed as Peter Griffin getting shot by like, Ringo Starr. <laughs> anyway, all right. So but it's yeah. not, thankfully, this so, is a Family Guy. Yeah. So and <laughs> so uh, yeah. So my my point is that El Chan yep. Andrew Lynch is definitely the uh, the fifth Beatle because he. Um, was the guest star mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of our um of our little quartet? That's right. Uh, uh, you know, our as far as we're concerned, he was like an official ringin. Yeah, and one of the first who was outside of the group. He's to a kind Japan of like, correspondent. He really is. Yes, Japan. Yeah, and uh, we're hoping to get him on again, uh, and he's coming to Canberra. Cool. That will be good. It will be really good. Mm. Uh, we're going to spend a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, just uh, playing games, bit of um, Salty's Casino. Ah, very good. And, yeah, yeah. you know, just kind of hanging out. Nice. And I'm really looking forward to that. I'm, I'm looking forward to going back to Japan as well. Mm. But, you know, it's uh, it's a bit more serious when I go back to Japan. Yeah. My mother-in-law is doing okay, but, mm. you know, it's... Mm. The cancer spread to a lot of her body and, you know, she's on some pretty heavy chemo. So, mm. you know, it's always... A, the forefront and the back of my mind at the same time, so... It's kind of hard, hard to have that, like, good old wacky, like, romp through Japan. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I'm just I'm just looking forward to spending some time with her. Okay. And I want to do other things in Japan, like we are planning to have a little sojourn to, um, to Tokyo for about four days, nice. just before Christmas. We have already ordered... KFC for Christmas because you need to pre-order KFC oh, wow. over there. That's that's mental. Hey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we I got the bucket. Popular, but yeah, yeah. Uh, even in even in um, Higashi Ogatsuma Machi, which is where we're staying, which is where the farm is, we wow. need to pre-order. Yeah. Pre-ordering KFC, and I like I never pre-order games, but mm. I'll pre-order KFC. What does that tell you? Pre-ordering <laughs> games sucks. That's what it tells you. Tells you that KFC is more consistently reliable than a video game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what you're gonna get. With a bucket of chicken, more or less. Usually. <laughs> more or less. You know, every now and then you get like a, you know, a claw or something in there. But, you know, for yeah. the most part, it's, it's fine. Have you beaks? <laughs> chicken yeah. necks. Yeah. Uh, so, look, I'm looking forward to it. Mm. We need to plan ahead as well. Because... Mm. Yes, we do. Actually, do that tonight once we're finished recording. Yeah. We'll have to yeah. do a forward plan because, uh, as usual, uh, AC um, is indisposed around this time of year. Mm. So, we often um, will kind of like, you know, front load a few episodes and we trickle them out over the holiday yeah. season for our lovely listeners because, um, you know, so far, touch wood, we have not yet missed a... Uh, we've missed days. We haven't missed weeks. We've Every two weeks, at some point, a podcast yeah, comes out. we've changed up a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
we had a, we had a, we had a Fortnite there where we had two two in one Fortnite. Yeah. Um, but I don't think we've actually missed one. I don't think so. I think there was an illness in the first run of the <clears> show where we that did may actually have, been. have to miss one. Like yeah. legitimately, I was not allowed near anyone. But since the Australia brand got slapped on the end there, we haven't. Yeah. yeah. I, well, basically, what we're saying is we're better than the Americans. Yes, we're, we're much better in, in pretty much every way, except with one exception. More handsome we're, too. We're not as good at smuggling drugs across uh, international borders. <laughs> Uh, that that um, a hat goes off to our American friends. Uh, well, one of them in particular. Yes, because his his uh, uncle Stabo <laughs> drug mule. His skills at stashing drugs up his booty is, <laughs> I'm going to say, you know, remarkable. I'd say I, this is, it's like a TARDIS in there. <laughs> it's like what I call the brown TARDIS. Yeah, yeah that's good. <laughs> okay. Anyway, yes, games. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, games. Before we, we talk about our friends' <laughs> asshole any any longer. <laughs> You have one of those moments where you realise what you're saying. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, yeah. I'm saying it out loud. Mm. Okay. Uh, pause. Well, you know, it's funny because after the stream, mm. uh, which happened about two weeks ago now, yeah. we had a lot of fun. We played a lot of games. And even, like, uh, you know, the next day, the Monday, I kind of wanted to play a couple of more games. Mm. Uh, but then I kind of petered off for quite a while. Right. So basically, the only game I've really been spending a lot of time with is still Mario Odyssey. Right. But I think I'm coming towards the end of my time here. Like, because I finished the game, I saw the credits, and then there's a whole bunch of after credit stuff. Oh, okay. You open up, yeah. and you know, a few new worlds. And uh, I opened up most of the new worlds. Mm. And, you know, opened up... Went back to all the other worlds and opened up the rest of the moons where you, you get those. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil too much. But to be fair, you know, a lot of people will kind of know a lot about this now. Yeah. Um, and I started collecting more moons and explored any unopened areas and, you know, and, you know, did some of the more challenging kind of uh, platforming areas. Mm-hmm. But after a while, I played it less and less and less. And after I kind of opened up most of what you could open up, mm-hmm. there was like another... Collect 250 more moons to see the final, final kind of world. Mm. And I know what that is. And it, you know, it's just a really big, long platforming challenge thing. And, you know, that's cool and everything. But I just don't really want to put myself through that torture of getting all those moons to get there to do that. Sure. So I think I've seen most of what I need to see. Okay. In Mario Odyssey, and I had a grand time. It is a bloody good game. Mm. It's just enjoyable. Yeah. Sometimes it's even hard to pin down why I loved it so much. <laughs> uh, just a, a whole bunch of different ideas and, and themes just intersected and just say, this is just enjoyable. Mm. It's just a good ass video game. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I have started winding down uh, to the point where I took it out of the the switch for the first time um, because it had just been living in there and played yeah. some splatoon 2 right yeah which was also pretty fun but you know once again uh maria and i played about you know five matches each last night we mm-hmm. won about you know 60 percent of them i'd say okay and then we just kind of went yeah i think i've had my fill mm. okay. so that's kind of where my gaming life is at the moment uh my big thing actually and i stress mm. about this every time mm. is what do I take when I go back to Japan? Right. What's your What's your plane game? Yeah. Well, mm. not just the plane game, but while I'm there. Because uh, for those listeners who don't know, uh, I can't actually be in the house for too long. Uh, because they used to have cats. Yeah. And it's caked with old cat, basically. Yeah, yeah. Like the, and, you know, 
20 years worth of cat fur and dandruff and what have you doesn't come out easily, especially out of really old houses. And this is like, you know, a really old house, 150 years old or something. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of, uh, uh, you know, have a little dormitory uh, Mm. outside, which was, you know, kind of custom built for me, which is very (laughs) nice of them. So, you know, AC chamber. Yeah, I kind of retire there at the end of the night and Mm. I might watch some stuff and play some games. Mm. And I usually take my... Uh, PS Vita with me. Okay. And this time I'm thinking I might take the Switch. Right, okay. Yep. But do I take both? Right, yeah. Uh, What's the Vita's place in your life now? I yeah. yeah. I mean, I love a lot of games on the Switch. Mm-hmm. But I've also... Mm, I don't like playing the Switch in handheld mode quite as much. Okay. I really prefer playing it with the Pro Controller on a big, big screen. Okay. Uh, and I don't want to take the dock with me. Mm. So that's probably out. Yeah. Uh, but I <clears throat> I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll just take the Vita. But, mm. aha. Uh-huh. Uh, there are a lot of Switch games in Japan. Right. So I might get into the mode of, oh, Switch games are a little bit cheaper over here and there are a few more of them. Maybe I should indulge in some of those over right. there. So maybe... I'll get some in Japan, and if I get some in Japan, I'd want to play them straight away. So maybe I should take the Switch. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, the Switch is definitely a much more um, a current uh, console. I mean, it's a much more sort of you know, you know, with it right now. I suppose. I mean, there's that mm. sort of there's that argument, and uh, it only has about two hours of battery. So you know, <laughs> on a nine-hour flight, that's yeah, yeah. So yeah. I suppose the Vita has a bit more. Um, it's got a bit... Yeah, the, the Vita battery is actually quite good. I mean, I'll probably end up taking both of them, let's be honest. Yeah. But I do have limited space, I mm. suppose, in the end. Uh, so I'll probably just take both. But but still, mm. it kind of stresses me out sometimes because it's like, oh, but then again, I've got this 3DS, which has... I've got a lot of good games for it and I don't use as much. Before you know, you just got a backpack full of Game Boys and you're oh. just walking down. Oh, yeah, no. I, I still take... I do still take... One of the gimmies mm. is that I always take my um, Game Boy Advance SP 101. Right. But the one, the one with the really good backlit screen, I just take that automatically. Right, yeah, Because yeah. there's so many good Game Boy games over there that you can get for like a dollar, like 100 yen or 200 yen. Yeah. So that's me crapping on enough. What have you been up to? Oh, man. I have been busy um, taking care of my kid. Um, my wife got sick, um, very badly sick this week. Um, I think it started on Monday, more or less. Uh, so normally I just look after Ruby on the weekends, but this, what I've basically been doing this past week is she hasn't really gone back to, to Meg's place, um, the entire week. So I've basically been like a full-time dad, um, for about, about 10 days now. Wow. Um, and you know, like a big sob story. Oh, it's so hard to look after a kid for 10 days. Um, so I'm not going to crap on about that, but it has, it has been unusual. Um, you know, and it has left me feeling quite tired at the end of the day Mm. because I get home from work. Um, works in quite busy recently um, and take care of um, the little one. Uh, by the time she gets to bed at 8 o'clock at night, I'm usually pretty darn tired. So I haven't actually been playing a lot of games. I've been sort of flopping on the couch and watching Trailer Park Boys on Netflix. Oh, actually. God. Oh, that show's right. good. That's that's a good show. <laughs> Seriously, that's a good show. I know your brother um, likes it a lot, actually. It's very it's very funny. It's a very clever show. But um, uh, yeah, not a lot of gaming going on because I've been looking after the, the, my kid. Um but it's been really, really fun. I think I'm going to... Uh, she goes back to her mum tomorrow. I think I'm yeah. going to really miss it, actually. Yeah. It's been such a... Like, a real opportunity for me to, like, bond with her and, like, just really, you know, spend some quality time with her. So, I think the house will feel very empty tomorrow night. So, um, 
But, uh, you know, I've got plenty of cleaning up to do to keep me busy. So oh, you certainly do. Yeah, I don't know if you saw the, what the front room looks like. And that's not, that's not normally how I like my house to be. <laughs> you know how much of a neat freak I am. You are a minimalist. Yeah, and that house looks like a bomb full of toys. <laughs> basically, you know that uh, his normal kind of existence in this home is basically Lenny. Mm-hmm. When the front of his house falls off and he goes, please don't tell anyone how I live. <laughs> it's just him at a Perhaps table. A slightly less degree of shame, but still some shame. Still some, you know. <laughs> there uh, but yeah I, I think um, it'll be good to tidy the place up and um, I, I will I tell you one thing I'm looking forward to though is getting a solid night's sleep because she's been waking up every night at about three in the morning yeah and um, has on occasion been quite difficult to get back to sleep um, after that point so uh, yeah looking forward to getting some sleep but not so much looking forward to having an empty house but hey that's life I have been playing games though but it's mainly been Wolfenstein yeah you kept like yeah. a line like chatting messaging me mm. we we use lines so lining mm-hmm. you keep lining me like yeah wolfenstein yeah i'm having fun with wolfenstein i don't mm. think you have you even been at work this week dude <laughs> well i did actually lose some some time this week um i was sick for about three days um i had this weird eye issue that um, i was concerned was conjunctivitis so i took uh, a day off then went to the doctor the next day when it didn't clear up and she was like mm, i'll give you another day off just to make sure that it you know, isn't anything major. She gave me a script for um, antibiotic eye drops. Oh, yeah. But she said, look, you don't need to fill it unless it gets worse. Um, so, it didn't actually ever get beyond that sort of, like, niggling stage. Yeah, so, okay. I just went back to work on Friday. I was like, oh, what the hell? Yeah. Um, so, it was this weird sort of, like, three days off that I did take advantage of to, like, you know, bugger eyes around and, like, basically just bummed around the house did a lot of, like, and slept in, mm. uh, which was good because, like, Ruby's ruining my sleep. Um... <laughs> Damn, kids ruin everything. Yeah, well, not everything, but a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> many, many things. Many things. Uh, so, so it has been a, a weird time. So, you know, in theory, I could have played more games um, when I was at home, but I've been doing a lot of reading, uh, a lot of TV watching, just other things. I'm sort of in a non-gaming phase right now. You know, you sometimes get into those phases where you're like in between games and you're not really quite sure where you want to be spending your your time. Um I've been thinking about buying a new game, uh, tossing up. I might get the new Wolfenstein, you know, the, the Revenge of the Dame Edna or whatever it's called. <laughs> Dame Edna. At this point, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trolling. Um, whatever that game is, I might get that. Um, I was also thinking about getting Call of Duty World War Two. Uh, Which I, one would take precedence for you? Uh, look, I think at this stage, well, from what I've read, and I, I'm not. This is based purely on Steam reviews, which are like, you know, extremely unreliable. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I've read a couple of Steam reviews and say that like the, the World War II game is not very historically accurate. Yeah. Um, and like that is really a bit of a deal breaker for me. I really liked the early Call of Duty games. And a big part of that was because the weapons and the the whole like, um, you know, the historical part of the game was quite was quite well done, I thought. And it would be a shame if um, if they lost that. So I'm not sure. I might get, I might try and get some like you know second opinions on on the historical accuracy because if it is a decent attempt, I might pick that up and just play the campaign. Like I'm not yeah. really interested in the in the multiplayer, um, but I but like. You it. could kind of wait for the next Steam sale for that as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean the problem with the Call of Duty games don't go on sale very often. They're oh wow, they kind of like Nintendo in that way. Like um, even. They well, just they just want to sell them at what you know yeah at cost. Like I've had World at War on my um on my wish list for a while now. That's the the most recent one, other than this one, the one before was World yeah. War Two. Yeah, uh, I think it's about five or even six games in the past. Like it's it's old now by today's standards. It's very old. 
That's still 40 bucks US on wow. Steam. Yeah. Like, it's crazy how much they want, how much they charge. Because people will pay it. Uh, these are still popular games. I think people still play World at War because it was the first one that introduced the zombies mode that people seem to like so much. Um, I've never been a big fan, but... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to pick up a World War II shooter. Uh, so if anyone has a, a suggestion, like, you know, l- let me know. Because uh, I'm keen for something um, to really sink my teeth into. Um, and I'm still a bit burned out on big, sprawling, open-world RPGs. I need yeah. something different. Okay, no, that's fair enough. Because, yeah. uh, um, you know... You were uh, zelda it for a little while yeah, as well. and Fallout 4 really drained me. I have to admit... In retrospect, playing the realistic hard hardcore difficulty setting was a big mistake because I ended up spending so much time walking around because you can't fast travel in that in that mode um, that I got sick of the game. Did you um, finish it? No, no. Okay, I, I got so but you burned out. Yeah, I just lost interest because I just played too much of it. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so yeah, I shot myself on the foot there by yeah. playing that, that realistic mode um, because of the fact. Really, the only complaint is that because it, you can't fast travel. Um, you do a lot of walking back and forth and yeah, not, not super fun. It turns out. So, uh, yeah, I have very little to say. I've been, I've been, I've been dadding it up, AC. I've been yeah, no, I doing mean, the daddy, daddy thing. Yeah. You know, this is, that's why it's game life balance. You know, mm-hmm. we, we certainly do get out of our whack sometimes when it comes to games. Yeah. I, I am looking forward to a bit of a, you know, a bit of a gaming December when I'm in mm-hmm. Japan. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I'm in my little hovel, mm-hmm. but uh, and when, especially when Elchan is here as, as well, because you yeah. know we'll definitely be playing some games. Then we're, there's going to be some worms. <laughs> I want to actually set up the projector because I've got right. a projector connected up to the laptop or something, and just like find a, a big white wall somewhere, and then just like <laughs> just worms that. Worms are so good. Yeah, I've never felt like I've played enough worms. <laughs> There's always never enough. Maybe it's because we turned to that game at like eleven o'clock at night. Yeah, we always. It's always like last thing on the list. Yeah. So. Um, that sounds like fun. Yeah, I'm thinking of taking about four weeks off over Christmas. Oh, wow. Four weeks. Yeah, we'll shut, shut down, shut down one week and then an extra three. Because I have a shitload of leave and I'm like, I may as well just take it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I might I might get some, some serious gaming done. Nice. During that period. Or I might just, you know, sleep in and like, you know, be a bum. Like w- when no doubt. So you reckon from the start of December or well, from... I was tempted. I'm going to look up my calendar here. But I was tempted to actually take the week starting um, the 11th. Because my birthday is on the 10th of December. Ah, oh, yes. So taking from the week starting the 11th. So take those two weeks off. Then have the shutdown week from Christmas to New Year. And then um, another week after that, so back on the 8th. Oh, actually, this might work out perfectly for Mm. entirely selfish reasons. Okay, what are these selfish reasons? Hey, Rob, Mm. I need a lift to the airport. No. (laughs) No, God, what time of the morning is it? It's not. Okay. It's literally like 5 p.m. in the afternoon. That's potentially doable, yeah. Uh, It's just... um, so, the my main problem with this flight back to Japan... Good news, it's JAL. JAL is superior. Mm-hmm. Let's not deny it. <laughs> Bad news is that I go through Melbourne. Mm. Uh, there is a three and a half hour wait, and I don't get on the actual JAL flight to Japan until 12.30 in the morning. Right. Okay. So, very, very late at night. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get there completely buggered, and rah, 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 rah. Mm-hmm. I hate myself. <laughs> but, you know... I don't really want to catch a bus there. I actually took that whole day off work. Right. I probably I probably could have done the morning or something because mm. I don't have a lot of leave. But yeah, 
I kind of want to finish work for the year as well. Sure. Kind of just bugger around that day. Maybe if you do take that week off, you could like come around a bit earlier and we can like play some games before I go away. Yeah, that might be that might work out well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that assuming the Ruby situation is is normal, that yeah. shouldn't be a problem. So, I mean, it's hard to say now. This is giving me a taste of like, okay, things are unpredictable. Yeah. You know, you never know. You can't say for sure um, um, what your schedule is going to be like. So. Um, yeah, well, that sounds cool. Okay, so yeah, I, I asked you on air because yeah. that way you're obliged to do <laughs> now it. Now it's now it's locked in. All right, all right. Uh, so I believe you got a quiz for me. I do have a quiz. So why don't we, um, you know, put a bullet in this with um, a fun quiz? Okay, AC. Um, I have decided to institute a a fun new quiz for you. Um, and I say institute because my genius idea was to pull this quiz out on you every now and then. Yes. Just to keep you on your toes. Because you say phone game and phony game, no, no, you're no. a dead man. No, I don't think, I think legally I can't do that anymore. <laughs> I think there's some sort of like, some contractual issue with me doing that. Um, and by contractual issue, I mean, I'll probably get punched in the face. Yes. So, um, you know, which is not, not good for, for old pretty boy Rob. Uh, <laughs> so what I've done instead. Instead of that, yes. is I came up with this idea that it would be fun. If you say uh, <clears throat> phony game or possible phone game. Tablet game or tablet game. <laughs> yes. That's where I thought you were going with this, all right? <laughs> no. I thought you were going to dickhead on me. No, definitely not. No, okay. What I decided to do was to um, make a quiz about our featured game. Okay. And my idea is that I'll pull this out on you every now and then. All right. Just to keep you on your toes and make sure you're listening. Okay, sure. Uh, so, let's see how much you've learned about Wolfenstein 3D or how much you already knew. All right. About Wolfenstein 3D. Ten questions. Let's play Game Life Balance Australia. All right. Question number one, AC. Wolfenstein 3D is basically a 3D remake of an early stealth-based game from 81 called Castle Wolfenstein. Which system was Castle Wolfenstein first released on? Uh, Apple II. Apple II. Yep, correct. I would say the Apple II. I think it was maybe on another couple of systems it, as well. Yeah, it was ported to like MS-DOS, Commodore 64, maybe something else. Yeah. Uh, was it on the Speccy? I'm maybe. not sure. I'm not sure if it ever made a cross. Mm, but, uh, certainly DOS got and, and, and Commodore got a version. Yeah. Uh, all right. Question number two. In what year was Castle... Sorry. In what year was Wolfenstein 3D released? 1992. Correct. Okay, good stuff. Starting off with some easy ones. What was the name of the first 3D first-person shooter that id Software released? Hover Tank. Correct. <laughs> Question number four. BJ Blazkowicz is an Austra- as an, an American citizen, not an Australian yep. citizen. Why did I say? Why am I reading American as Australian? What's happening? Uh, he is an American citizen, but his parents were immigrants. Which country did BJ's parents come from? I'm going to say Poland. Correct. We're doing very well, so you've been, you haven't been paying attention so far. All right, name the four weapons in Wolfenstein 3D. Oh, the knife. Mm-hmm. The Gatling gun. Yep. Uh, oh, the Luger. Yep. Ah, uh, the submachine gun. Correct. Yes. Okay. All right. Yep. I was worried that the submachine gun might have a different have name. A name. Like I think it's that sort of generic, like. German submachine gun yeah. MP40 I think it is the, yeah. the one that you see in all the movies uh, question the one that you know Indiana Jones picks up and shoots people with question number six Wolfenstein 3D was developed by id software but what does id stand for you said this before mm. um, ideas from the deep correct correct question number seven who are the original members of ideas from the deep oh um 
John Carmack, Adrian Carmack, mm-hmm. um, John. Oh God, I know his name. He's he'll make you your bitch, his bitch. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of bitching going I'll give you on. Time. There. I'll give you time. Uh, John Romero. Correct. All right, you got two more. This is this is hard. Okay, uh, Mills. Someone Mills. No. Miller Park. No. Camilla Parker Bowles. <laughs> Right, I'll, I'll throw you a bone. Uh, it's Tom Hall as the designer uh-huh. and the manager, Jay Wilbur. Okay. So those guys are not as glamorous. No, I, I. They had less to do. They had less to do with the. I'll give um, you that one. Um, well, Tom Hall obviously had a big part to play, but mm. Jay Wilbur was, you know, not really a. a he wasn't really. He's the money side of things, you know. Uh, question number eight: What was the technique that John Carmack used to create Wolfenstein 3D's strikingly fast and smooth 3D first-person gameplay? Uh, what was the special technique that he used? Vision cone of ninety degrees. Yeah, that thing. All right, I'll give you a point for that. It was called ray casting, but you did you did ray rem- casting. Yeah. You did remember what it, what it was? So I'll give you a point. I remember? I mean, yeah, I remember exactly how it was done. The, yeah, remember the concept rather than the name, which is probably a more important thing. Uh, question number nine: Who came up with the idea of basing the game on Castle Wolfenstein? Uh, John Carmack. No, 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 no. no. Uh, Romero. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No good. You saved yourself. Yeah. There. Yeah. And who was the genius who insisted on the game being very violent? Or do I don't know. <laughs> Bitchy boy Romero. Correct, correct. The most heavy metal of heavy metal guys. His hair is long and lustrous. I think he had it cut, actually. I think he cut it off. He probably did. Yeah, which is a shame for the world. Uh, okay, AC, you've done very well. Nine points out of ten, so you definitely were paying attention. Yep, I've been paying attention to that game for a while now. Yeah, so, all right, well, I might pull that one out on you... Um, I'll pull, I'll pull it out. I'll whip it out on you. Okay. Um, That's not much better, but a little slightly better. And also this quiz um, from time to time. I kind of, <clears> yeah, <throat> like sometimes it's good to do uh, something about, you know, something that we both know a bit about. Yeah, I wouldn't certainly want to, I certainly wouldn't want to make every quiz based on the featured game. No, that but, would that would be kind of hackney. But I think there's a, there's a certain fun to making sure that you pay attention mm. and like take it seriously a little bit. Um, otherwise, you might find yourself on the losing end of a fun quiz. Losing end of a fun quiz. And with that, we hope you've enjoyed listening to Game Life Balance Australia, the Australian edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. You can visit us on the web at GameLifeBalanceAustralia.com, where you'll, where you'll find links to our podcast feeds, video content, and links to... We don't have video content. And to our hey, show. we do. All right, we do. no, we do. You do. All right, no, no, yes. I have actually guest starred in uh, Dark and Shiny recently. Yeah. Um, some Evangelion videos, so please check out Dark and Shiny. Shoutouts. Um, is that YouTube.com slash Dark and Shiny? It is indeed, like yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're friends... Uh, Cam Barron's actually as well which I I, I like working with other people mm-hmm. uh, not Rob <laughs> yeah no. and um, I'm not really a person <laughs> and um, I'll have them on my show as guests as well at, at some stage in the not too distant future they're very much on the cusp of like wanting to do create more content all the time we've been there we've done that so yeah. our content is very strikingly slow yeah yeah and I just kind of do it whenever I feel like it because mm. I'm the one who the only one who creates content they're, they're chasing that dream they're, yeah. they're pushing it well, fair enough man well you know everyone go check it out subscribe they will probably love it if you yeah. subscribe to their channel um, yeah. uh, follow me AC on Twitter at ProdTelly still trying to get Rob back on the show but I don't think he's going to do it mm. and uh, please give us a positive rating on whatever function you use for listening to podcasts, I, I suppose. I, yeah. Stitchy, Snitchy, Witchy. I like to use Widgeter. 
Yeah, Richard, I love Richard that Richard the theme. World Watcher. Oh, God. I think oh, I spit in my mouth. I get my MP3s delivered by uh, by carrier pigeon. A little, a little, uh, <laughs> little thumb drive. Thumb drive stuck to their leg. And you get a nice, tasty pigeon meal That's at the right. end of it. Right. Thank you very much for listening. Toodaloo.